0: I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that aims to make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural natural. We challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. And on this episode of The Secret Podcast, that's exactly what we're going to do. got a few current events that I want to look at. This evening, it's Friday, November 10th, 2017. Tomorrow would be Veterans Day. A very special day in the United States of America to honor... Those who have served like a this great nation. Driving you, driving you. I had an opportunity to be a part of a Veterans Day ceremony, ceremony today at my job. And uh, a lot of mixed feelings, Welcome a lot of mixed emotions going through as I'm uh, sitting there and everybody was clapping for all the veterans that were there to be honored. I'm very proud of my military service. Uh, I think it's defined who I am. It's giving me a skill set that uh, has carried me through my professional career—it's given me a lot of challenges to deal with as well. Um, but you know, that was the the core of my first book, "Service: A Soldier's Journey." Today, I just had a lot of thoughts about what my service meant. Uh, you know, people kept thanking me, and look—I was in the presence of, of of people that served in World War II and in Vietnam today. Um, very humbling. To be around these these soldiers, and you, you know, it, 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 it it's all I can say. It was a powerful, humbling feeling of because what they endured, what they went through, was my experience was nothing. You know, my experience was nothing compared to what they what they dealt with. It was just it was humbling to be there and to see them. And but I thought even deeper about. My military service, and how on Veterans Day you know people are always going out of the way to thank us, they want to give us the free meals at certain restaurants and and I'm not complaining about it. i think it's it's very nice to be appreciated for our service but what what does our service mean? What does it represent and I think I struggle with this sometimes because I know that when I was deployed. My focus was on doing my job to make sure that other people that wear the same uniform as me came home safely. But it goes deeper than that. I I look at now, since doing the show, since, you know, had my time to do my own homework. Are all of these wars necessary? Could they have been avoided? Do we need to be engaged in all this conflict? Do we need to create those opportunities where on Veterans Day people are thanking us for our service? Because I I know for sure, as proud as I am of having been a soldier and having volunteered to serve, I don't feel that I protected anyone's freedom. You know, people say that to me regularly. They say, hey, you know, he fought for us. He protected our freedoms. And uh, No, I didn't. I didn't you know i answered the call to go because my government felt that it was appropriate an appropriate mission for us but i i i did not fight for anybody's freedom i stood for it i represented it um i just wonder you know and, and i think for this veterans day you know my hope is that civilians and soldiers civilians can recognize what it takes i hope they understand What it takes to to sign your name, to take your oath, and to leave everything behind. It can be lonely, it can be scary, it can be stressful. It's a lot of fun, too, but there's a real hardship there. And many of us who serve, we, we love our country. We love our way of life. And that's one of the things I've taken with me, especially with everything that's going on today. You know, there's one of my favorite poems, they read it at the ceremony, and they left out the last line to it, it's called, It is the Soldier, and the end of the poem says, uh, it is the soldier who honors the flag, who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, whose coffin is draped by the flag, and that's where they ended the poem, but the last line of that poem states, who allows the protester to burn the flag. When I heard that, I was, I had maybe a year in when I heard that, that line defined my service. Because I used to feel that if you burn the flag, you're in this country, get out. It's a disgrace. And that all changed. Now, I don't agree with people disrespecting the flag. I don't like it, but my service stood for their right to do it. I knew that I was willing to put my life on the line to give people the freedom to disrespect me and everything that I stood for because that is what freedom is. We don't have to like the other person's opinion, but we have to give them the right to have it, even if it's offensive. And that's not easy to do. That's the responsibility. That's the great burden. That's the pride that I have. So I know we have a lot of controversy in the United States right now over professional athletes taking a knee during the national anthem, and people are getting upset. And I've spoken to other veterans about this who feel the same way, and I've stayed out of this on, on social media and, on, and all those debates. But they have a right to express that. And whether I agree with their message or not, because I think some of what's been said is highly offensive, but I support their right to do it. That's That's what my service meant to me, that I was willing... To defend this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic, for people's freedoms. Now, the corrupt politicians that are in power in this country, they don't represent me. They don't represent what America is and what America stands for. I am an advocate for peace in this world. I know I have several international listeners out there, and my hope is that we can find a way... To achieve peace in this world and i think it's from coming from that understanding of what freedom is it's not saying do it my way or we're going to come and invade your country it's you don't want to do it my way that's fine i'm gonna have my choices you're gonna make your choices and as long as our choices don't interfere with one another as long as i don't infringe on your sovereignty well then let freedom ring that's what freedom is so to my listeners out there who are veterans or family members of veterans, I'd like to thank you for the sacrifices that you have made. <clears throat> we have the power to change. We have the training to change. And I think we need to use that skill set now moving forward to bring this into a positive direction. We'll talk about a few more things on this episode of the Seeker Podcast. I, I, I want to get into the remote viewing experiment <clears throat> Excuse me, that we did last week. Because, stand by, I have a caveat to this, but nobody hit the mark. Um, With that being said, everybody missed, but gave almost identical data or very similar data. And I think I know why. I think, I don't know where my design was flawed, but I think... They were describing an object that was literally inches from the object that I was holding. So I don't know what I did wrong. I think I'm going to have to start writing this down, you know, and do a full, um, you know, experiment next time. So we're going to take this week off with the remote viewing experiment. I'm going to redesign it, uh, and hopefully the following week we can uh, do this a little bit better, find a better way to do it. So I'm going to get into those results, uh, you know, towards the end of the show. And and these similarities really uh really got me. I think, I think we have hits. I think I just I don't know somehow we missed the target. I don't know what it is, but it, it's really interesting to to look at these results. So ultimately, I, I think we're on to something, my friends. I think we are demonstrating, with very little training, very little guidance, we are capable of accessing data of seeing, something, across space and across time. And that's something to uh, to be proud of as we continue to hone our skills on this. Let's look at the news first. What do we have going on in the world today? This one comes to us from express.co.uk. Superhumans, chips inserted in brains will give us mind-blowing abilities within years. This is similar to an article I covered a few weeks ago. It says, it's by Sean Martin, Superhumans could exist in just 15 years thanks to a computer chip inserted into the brain to unlock mankind's full potential. People will be able to buy new memories and delete unwanted ones in the near future as experts believe they are close to biohacking the body's most powerful tool, according to a leading technology entrepreneur. Again, the direction this is going in, I think we can learn so much about ourselves. This is Total Recall that they're talking about right here. Now, let's... Here's what's crazy about this is we go back and we look at people that report abductions. I'm going to say alien abduction, but I don't, don't, I'm not convinced it's alien. I've said that before, but that common abduction scenario, what are some of the things that they said? Well, that there's hybrid races being made and common among so many experiences are what they were calling screen memories or false memories saying that People were remembering seeing an owl or they were remembering being in some location that they actually weren't. And then after hypnosis, they were able to move past the screen memory. So there was falsely implanted memories into their minds, into their brains. So when you see this technology actually coming out now, does that not validate what people were saying in the past? I think it gives more credibility to it, at least, because, you know, back in the day, when, or people that look at the ancient astronauts theories or the ancient aliens and they say you know when you study sometimes the uh, the story of of Christ and the inception of Christ with the virgin birth we said oh that must be a miracle. when I was a kid we'd say that must be a miracle how can you be a virgin and have a baby it was just inconceivable and now we have the technology for a woman to get pregnant without ever having sex so that gives credibility to those possibilities. I'm not getting into religion and debating whether that's true or not. All I'm saying is you have these fantastic claims that seemed like miracles back then because you don't have the technology, and now we have it. So when people say, well, I have these fake memories that were put into my head, that sounded ludicrous back in the 80s, but now we're saying, yep, we're about 15 years away from actually being able to replicate that. Now, again, Philip K. Dick, I, I I talked about him several times First saw all of this technology in what he believed was his dream states were actually windows to parallel worlds, alternate timelines, and different universes. But this technology is coming, so we need to take a good hard look when somebody says, hey, I've been abducted, I have these false memories. We need to ask ourselves, is this already in use today? I know I'm talking about AI and, and tech and that stuff that's coming out in the future, but could this possibly be in use today? You know, Whitley Strieber talked about going to the secret school was when he was a child. At, at night, he'd be taken from his bed, and he'd end up in some kind of training program, tra- uh, schoolhouse with other children, um, you know, run by the Greys or whoever these beings were. Um, Robert Monroe. I did a show on him attending school while we sleep. You know when he, when he described he was out of body and he showed up and he said there were just so many people just kind of sitting. I guess they were just mindlessly downloading information. They were unconscious, unconscious, and he walks in. The guy's like, "Wow, you're aware, you're awake." So, are we given false memories? Are we given programming? I, I, the more tech comes out the more we're starting to see just how programmable the human mind is my question is how long has this been going on without our knowledge and understanding i'll have this linked in the show notes and in the seeker newsletter newsletter comes out every sunday you can sign up for it at serviceofchange.com soon coming the six Sense media website i didn't get to work on it this past week it's been kind of crazy All right, here we go. From ABC News, Department of Homeland Security issued an updated terror bulletin on Thursday highlighting the threat of weaponized drones, chemical attacks, and continued targeting of commercial aircraft. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Here's the fear-based media stuff. It is something that is concerning. I covered this uh, a few weeks ago. This information started to come out. It quotes here, We continue to face one of the most challenging threat environments since 9-11 as foreign terrorist organizations exploit the Internet, to inspire, enable, or direct individuals already here in the homeland to commit terrorist acts. The National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, which replaced the old color-coded system, is used to give the public and local law enforcement a summary about ongoing and potentially new terror threats. The current bulletin introduces unmanned aircraft systems as potential threats and highlights sustained concern regarding threats against commercial aviation and air cargo said DHS Acting Press Secretary Tyler Holton in a statement. So again, this is one more thing that we need to be concerned about, and I'm not taking it lightly. Again, I ask, though, what, like, what is going, why are we killing each other? I don't understand. I, ju- I don't understand. Now, I remember back before 9-11 reading some things about Osama bin Laden, how he said, you know, to kill, kill all Americans because Americans pay taxes and taxes fund the American war machine. That's what he was putting out there. But here's a news flash there, buddy. We don't pay taxes. Taxes are taken from us against our will. I think too much of our taxes are taken, and I think that uh, they're poorly spent. I think that money is mismanaged, and I would love to see that money go towards... You know, peace, renewable energy, and, and so many other things instead of, quote, the defense black budget. So it's frustrating for me. Now, again, I think that um, we often live our lives in a state of ignorance, not understanding how our some of our choices impact other people in the world or we choose not to see. Uh, for example, some of the things we purchase are made by slave type of labor in foreign countries and third world countries. And I think that we need to become more wise as consumers. But I don't understand this just targeting of innocent people randomly. And that's that's scary to me. I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, just something to think about. But I wonder if if we... I don't look. I I go back and forth on this. There are forces out there that are very dark. I've personally encountered them in many of my different occupations. There's some people who are just they just want to hurt others. How do you deal with that? You know, um, I think it was George Orwell who said men sleep peaceably peacefully in their beds at night because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. And when I was a cop, I I firmly believed that. But I always look back and say, well, how can this be prevented? And that's where I'm at right now. There are times when we may have to rise up and use violence to protect ourselves or the ones that we care about. But in the interim and looking toward the long term... How can we minimize the need for such men to stand ready to do violence on our behalf, men and women nowadays? Um, How can we minimize that? Well, I I think we need to revisit some of the stuff I talked about with the Maharishi effect, with our meditations, with understanding our connection to this universe. I'm I'm reading uh, Whitley Strieber's new books, The Supernatural, and it reinforces a lot of the stuff that I've talked about. It ties into some of the quantum stuff, we very well may be able to influence and create this future. And if we're constantly having that negative reinforcement through the media, through social media of, be afraid, terrorists are going to use drones, it creates that anger and we perpetuate that and we magnify that signal of fear. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand. I'm always prepared. I'm always prepared. But I'm also contributing to the positivity i'm spreading the love and the peace and the knowledge of how to obtain it not just on my show but in my everyday interactions with the people i work with with the students i teach that's that's how i'm trying to bring change to this world we don't always have to think violence defense all that so we have to have that other aspect to it and create that world now we know that Just 1% of people meditating on peace is enough to impact your particular region. I think we need to be exploring that as well, in addition to all the other positive things that we can be doing. And again, I'm not saying violence is never necessary, but I think we can do things to minimize the need for it. I'm going to gloss over this article. It's definitely significant, but there's uh, many pop-ups that keep coming up on this page. It's from the Independent, and the uh, the heading of this is "A 3,000-year-old skulls that look shockingly like ours could rewrite the human origin story." So here we go again. More skulls were found, uh, and they're claiming that they, you know, further testing is needed, but they may be actually be Homo sapiens, which puts the timeline of us back even further you know i've I've had some discussions lately about uh somebody through the sixth sense media group on facebook was talking about uh, some you know some of this stuff that we're always exploring And, and i remember getting to the point of the discussion saying you know i think that this is just another incarnation. This is just another run. I'm, I'm definitely convinced that there was a, a high society here beforehand, and not everybody was wiped out, but I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know we are the remnants of that last great race, that last great. So I think, yes, you are going to find stuff that's very, very old, and a lot of times that's repressed, but I think that's starting to come out. You know, I want to give a, a caveat. I'm, I'm all over the place. Here I go. Hold on to your hats, my friend's. Um, I try to come back to the David Wilcox stuff because it was such a a fantastically crazy story when he was claiming about Antarctica but again one of the things he said was that you're going to see uh, a lot of these pedophilia rings broken up and, and exposed and that is continuing to happen Hollywood is being destroyed right now with all these actors being named now, I think they're just scratching the surface. I don't think these actors are um, the real dark stuff that Wilcock was talking about. I think that there's there's deeper organizations. This Weinstein guy, he may have been connected to the you know to the deep dark stuff, but some of these people are just they've been horribly inappropriate. But I don't think it's the the deep stuff. And I think what Corey Feldman is holding on to, I think that's the deep dark stuff that is uh, hopefully going to come out and expose this and, uh, and put an end to it. But what does that mean? Does that mean then that there in fact will be the announcement that Antarctica does have a lost civilization on it? Because they said when these exposures start to happen, they're going to release this information as a distraction or as a diversion. So that's what I'm waiting for. So as crazy as that story was, well, those predictions are kind of starting to come true. Does that mean that now Antarctica is going to come out? No, but does it give them a little bit more credibility? Yes, it does. So let's wait and see. I'll continue to track that. I've been seeing rumors and just headlines of this next story. This is from the Daily Star. Uh, but There's a plague outbreak going on in, uh, where is it at here? Madagascar, plague outbreak, feared out of control, all caps, as police forced to seize infected bodies. Now, I haven't heard much about this in the American media yet. But I'm wondering if this is going to be the next thing to to push and promote fear and the new drug, the new wonder drug, the new vaccine, whatever it is they're going to roll out. But it says Madagascar remains ravaged by a pneumonic plague that is believed to have killed more than 143 people across the African island. Cases have risen by 8% in just one week, and scientists frantically working to make sure the airborne infection doesn't spread to, to mainland Africa. Aid workers on the ground have now revealed their battle with the plague. They spoke out about how some families are refusing to hand over infected bodies, and other victims are refusing to go to the doctor. Nine countries are on high alert amid fears the plague could go global. Maybe that's the fear piece. Maybe within the next two weeks, we're going to start hearing about it here. Pneumonic plague, a relative of the Black Death, can kill as little in as little as 24 hours. And there have been nearly 2,000 cases reported in Madagascar. So, 100 and some dead at, out of 2,000 that have been affected. Uh, that's maybe a 5% kill ratio. Medication to treat the plague is free. But many are refusing to seek help, aid workers revealed, reports South African newspaper Mail and Guardian. Fantasia, I'm not even going to attempt her last name, you can read it in the show notes, a volunteer said, they're afraid to go to the doctor because even a simple cough can be diagnosed as plague and people are afraid of that. Again, people aren't trusting the medical system. And this is Madagascar, it's a lot different than the United States, but I can't blame them, you don't know who to trust. And, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll continue to track this and see where it goes. This could be used as a possible distraction of something else that ever may come out in the media. I'm just so skeptical of all this stuff. Not saying it's not real. Not saying people aren't getting sick or dying. But you know, you guys are smart. You guys see what's going on. You know to read between the lines. What else is going on here, especially if this comes to the to the mainland here in the U.S. All right, this one I think is really cool from unknown country. Uh, and Cletus' subsurface ocean has existed for billions of years, long enough for life to evolve. Now, this is a really neat article. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to talk about it here. Uh, but what they're saying is one of Saturn's moons is completely frozen on the outside. And they thought the planet was frozen solid. But what they found is that underneath the ice is a liquid ocean That's billions of years old. They suspect that the core is a very porous material and very, very, very hot. And the water is just passing through the core. And there's a big geyser that erupts out of the South Pole, apparently. And and shoots these geysers uh, straight up into space with this very hot water. But there could be life there. Because they say that life on this planet only took a couple, I guess, 100 million years to evolve. Well, if this ocean is billions of years old then who's to say life has not evolved there? Who's to say that life isn't intelligent? So that, that's very exciting. To me. There's so much we don't know about our neighbors out there. We're, even, we're looking way beyond that. But that's pretty cool to me. Even if we find life on that moon and it's just single-celled organisms or bacteria, what that tells us is that our own solar system is teeming with life, That means we have to have life in a variety of different ways on so many of the other galaxies and planets that are out there. And that's pretty cool to me. So, again, I think we're going to, in my lifetime, have that announcement. I don't think, geez, I'll be surprised. Things are going so many different directions right now. I I think that from the NASA route, that discovery is going to come in the form of tiny, tiny life forms far away I don't think they're going to say hey we found aliens that are very smart and they want to meet us and they love us not saying disclosure is not going to happen but from NASA and official channels like that I think it's going to go in that route a gradual preparation speaking of which I want to piggyback on I'm sorry I'm all over the place there was something I missed last week or I didn't emphasize enough last week I was talking about I'm going to segue to my remote viewing part of this show was talking about um, what Ingo Swann called analytical overlay and what analytical overlay is is when you've never seen or experienced something before so your mind creates something that it's familiar with to explain it to you so he gave the example of you viewed a nuclear bomb you've never seen one before so your mind when you're viewing it tells you it's a teapot because you don't know how to process it you don't know how to identify it. I was listening to um, the audiobook Supernatural, Whitley Strieber's book, and and they were talking about that as well, how certain people at times have seen these gray aliens, but then nobody else sees them, only certain people see them, and and, and I'm wondering as I'm listening to this is, well, maybe... They don't know how to experience these creatures, so they either don't see them because their mind can't comprehend it, or they're seeing them in a different form of a human being. Maybe that just looks a little bit funny. And one of the things that Whitley said was that, you know, he wonders if horror movies weren't so bad in the 50s, if the Greys would look differently. Meaning, if we would have had different types of movies with better representations of monsters, then maybe his mind would have a different perception of what he's seeing. He, he, he's not saying they're in our mind, but this book is talking about how our mind or our consciousness could possibly somehow affect the way we are perceiving what we are seeing. And that's, I did a show a while ago on... Hollywood and the magic of Hollywood, how Hollywood and the media give us all this fear-based stuff, i.e. terrorists are using drones and there's a plague coming, because we have the ability to then manifest that storyline, to create that storyline, because we begin to believe it and we begin to experience it, we begin to live it. That's creation. And I wanted to make the tie-in because the remote viewing program was developed in part by Russell Targ, who I talked about two weeks ago, Ingo Swann, who I covered last week. Hal Putoff. They were the three of the main guys that are responsible for developing this remote viewing program. Hal Putoff is on the team with Tom DeLance. So yeah, he has this knowledge, this understanding of remote viewing of consciousness, and I'm not bad mouthing the guy at all. I'm trying to get an understanding because uh, a friend of mine who's also a listener, you know, she's talked to me a few times with frustration over DeLonge's announcement and how, why does he have this media company? Why is he investing into entertainment when he's talking about disclosure? And I've been thinking about this a lot. I've really been thinking about this. And, and here's what I suspect is that They're going to be releasing information. But I think they understand that they have to have this entertainment piece so they can present us information, new concepts, new ideas, so we don't need to use analytical overlays, so we don't turn it invisible because we're so shocked by it. I think this media company from through to the stars, the entertainment piece, is going to be a form of social conditioning, social engineering to present us with images and ideas so that when something is disclosed, we have the foundation to process it. To me, that fits. It all fits in together and it makes sense now. I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, maybe that's necessary. I, I I don't know. That's what I've got so far, so far. So, uh, Kathy, let me know what you think of that when you get a chance to listen to the show. Am I way off, or do you think there's something to it? So, um, but, but fascinating stuff. Uh, our, our consciousness is playing a role here. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, check out Whitley Strieber's new book, The Supernatural. Um, I, I'm not finished it yet, but I'm, I'm very taken by it so far. Um, I swear sometimes I think just the synchronicity of things and I don't think it's one of those you know if somebody says oh blue trucks are significant then for the next two weeks you're going to go see blue trucks just the synchronicity from the books I'm reading the order that they're coming to me the information I'm getting and then the validation I'm seeing in so many other sources all at once to me that's how I get validation through the universe or through whatever this force is that communicates with me or through me or to me because I see it in so many different spots, so many different people talk about it within a short time span. So all this stuff is coming together for me. Alright, I want to talk about my uh, the remote viewing data that we have. Give me one second here. Sorry, I had to grab my phone, it was across the room. And I should edit that piece of silence out, but uh, I'm not going to. All right, so here's here's what's interesting. Again, I'm not going to use names yet, and my plan is to build this group. The website's building, I'm going to build a platform through uh, the Sixth Sense Media website once it launches. And I, I know it's important with remote viewing to provide feedback at the end of the viewing. And I think that might be part of the problem with this experiment that we did last week. So as part of that feedback, I'm going to have the image uploaded so you can go look at the image after you send me your data. I think that might be part of the problem here is that I'm just describing something and maybe I was looking at something else even though I didn't describe it, I don't know. Here's, shoot, I just lost my place. So here's my point. I held last week, if you haven't done last week's experiment, pause the podcast right now. Uh, And go back and do it because I'm going to reveal information on what it was. Again, I'm going to talk about the target. But I held in my hand a white plastic golf ball from my children's golf set. And nobody reported a white golf ball. And at first I looked at that I was like, man, we suck. We were way off. Not that I think you guys suck. I think you guys are awesome. And I'm so thankful for you participating in this. But I'm excited because I sat. Finally, had a chance to sit down tonight in the studio and take a look around. I haven't moved anything, and my right now, my mouth is maybe six inches from my microphone, directly underneath my microphone. Well, let me read these results first, and, and let me. And then I'll get into this. I'm excited about this. So here's the first one. Uh, this was this was a couple that shared both of their findings. Apple, red, circular, metallic, rough, sharp, silver. Uh, Who knows, maybe picking up something by your desk or work area at the time you were looking at. For me, I wrote pen, smooth, fluid, liquidy, murky, thin, or thin layer. My microphone is sitting on top of a... It's... it's, What the heck is this thing called? It's something that connects my microphone to my computer and it's a metallic box red in color with a circular silver knob with rough edges on it and the whole thing is metallic so that's it I, i'm convinced that my our listener i again i'm not using names right now but um, I don't know where the apple came from, but everything else, red, circular, metallic, rough, sharp, silver, that those are great descriptors if this was the target. I, you know, um, I, I don't know where that came from. As far as pen, smooth, fluid, liquidy, uh, murky, thin or thin layer. I always have a pen within inches of me, so maybe that's what was being picked up on. I need to do a better job at defining the target i'm I'm thinking that might be what the issue was. So that was two of our uh our remote viewers from last week. Now we have another one here. Let's see here uh, all right, smooth, shiny, metallic, red, long, and thin. Smooth, shiny, smooth, shiny, metallic, and red. Exactly, exactly what this box looks like. That's sitting inches from my face right now. the The golf ball. I was literally hold the golf ball over it. I hold the object over it when I'm doing the show. When I was giving this portion of it, so I don't. I'm I'm just fascinated by this. So those of you that thought you were off last week, you weren't. You nailed it. And I have one more that I want to read. Uh, There were four of us that participated. I'm I'm reading everybody's results. Let's see here. I was wrong about the colors and the textures I felt. However, I saw many curves and some sort of braid, like a crisscross pattern. So, there's definitely curves. All the edges on this are rounded. And there's one, two, three knobs. A one to circular, there's just so many ports with circles on it and curves okay so again that's a plus there's wires coming out of it that are curved one of the wires has a braided texture on it the microphone itself has a braided texture now the green and and a pink line I, i i don't know what the green is at this point in time but on top of my microphone is to I don't have a pop filter yet, so I just grabbed randomly um, my daughter's hat from when she was a newborn. It's a little pink. I just gave it away. It's a little hat. It's a white hat, actually, with very thin pink pinstripes running around it. So pink lines. I don't know where the green... Oh, and there's the green. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the metallic box right now, and there's a green light on it, and every time I talk into the microphone... One of the knobs blinks in a green line. so fascinating. Maybe I'm wrong. maybe I don't look, I think these are hits. I think these are too close to uh to deny. My friends, I think we are on to something. We need to refine our focus. I need to refine the protocols for this, so I'll continue reading and researching. But, I believe we can really do a lot of good with this. We can do a lot of cool stuff with this as well, but I believe we can we're onto to something here um and, and it's very exciting to me I think we're we're you know I'd love to say we're making history. I think we are from doing it through a podcast setting like this, which is pretty cool um but the potential for this I think if we can continue to develop, I think we can do a lot of good with this. I think we can do a lot of cool stuff as well so Thank you so much for participating. If you were feeling bad like you were way off. No my friends. I think every single one of you. Nailed it. Absolutely. I'm the one that was off. And I'm going to take the ownership. I need to refine this a little bit better. Uh, a couple other things. I've got green lights on my main computer screen. that, As I'm recording. And I've got red boxes on there. So maybe that had something to do with it as well. So. Um, But I don't want to get too far, you know, reaching and stretching on stuff just to justify it. But you can't deny this red metal box. I'll have to get a picture out to those of you that participated. So I'm not going to do another experiment this week. um, And and that's just because, uh, honestly, I'm exhausted. I got my butt kicked this week. Just so tired. Um, But next week, I'm going to try to design something a little bit more uh, in detail that I can then send to you to look at. Hopefully I can get everything set up. That's my plan. So... I'm, uh, I'm pretty tired, my friends. It's been a long week, so I'm going to try to edit some of this show so I can get it out for you tomorrow. Um, so for all of you that participated, again, thank you so very much to my loyal listeners out there. It means the world to see you every week still listening to the show. If you have ideas for the show, something else you'd like to see, please get in touch. You can find me on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash The Sixth Sense Media, Twitter at Six underscore cents underscore media right now at serviceofchange.com as well as my contact information. Uh, coming soon, the Six Sense Media website. I'd like to give a big shout out to Ray Davis who once again killed it on social media. I, I, I don't have time tonight to go through everything that he's put up there. You need to check it out and you need to subscribe to the Twitter feed because the alerts that Ray has coming through throughout the day, it's a great way to stay connected to keep your finger on the pulse of the world. What's going on, not just the mainstream stuff, which he gets on there, but also a lot of the things that I cover on the show, things that, you know, make the paranormal quite normal and the supernatural natural. So if you're not following us on Twitter yet, please, you need to do it. It's Six underscore cents underscore media. I promise eventually you're just going to have a one-stop shop. Go to the website and you can click everything and subscribe to it. But put this on your radar. Uh, you know, another way to stay connected to us. And we will have a newsletter coming out soon, which will be the best way to stay connected to Sixth Sense Media and everything that's going on. Thank you all my friends for uh, for being a part of this show, and being a part of my life. To my friends and uh, who have served this great country, the United States of America, in uniform, thank you so very much for your sacrifice. Uh, I greatly appreciate every single one of you. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. I'm looking forward to next week's show. Hit me up with ideas if there's something you'd like to see covered. I'm Dennis Nappy Second. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. And keep an open mind. Thank you. <laughs>